Welcome to another edition of Easy Jazz Spotlight. In this episode, guest host Stefan Zakowski talks with singer and radio personality Paula Latang. Paula is originally from the Caribbean island of Dominica, but has grown up in Canada. She's been influenced by a wide range of musical styles and has combined all of them to form her own unique style. In this interview, Paula explains her life philosophy of being open to all possibilities. In her words, there are no limits to creativity. And now, here's Stefan. It is my sincere pleasure to be speaking today with a versatile and extremely talented singer with three songs on the UK Soul Top 40, radio host of All About the Funk, with two awards under her belt, the effervescent Paula Latang. Welcome, Paula. Hello. How are you doing today? Uh, it is so awesome to be here. I'm excited. It's awesome to have you here. Um, our conversation before our interview, I found out a whole lot about you. Uh, a lot of secret, secret hidden little pieces and, and tidbits. But what we really want to know is about, you know, your music, uh, your careers. I say that in plural because you have both been a creator of music yourself as well as the proponent of artists and their music and and yeah. moving it forward you've also been someone who has worked together with musical styles musical genres um campa uh, and zook and plugging them in together with modern jazz elements and some yeah. soul elements and funk yep. elements yep so i'm a i'm, a, I'm like the sibyl of music <laughs> <laughs> I, I was got many to, layers. <laughs> I was going to say the ninja, the ninja food processor good too. that you put ninja everything together crazy, and it comes out yeah, fabulous. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where did it all start? Where did music start for Paula Latang? Oh, wow. Music started for me probably at around age, I'm going to say seven or eight. Yeah. When I started um, learning how to play initially the accordion. So my dad, because the accordion actually is very, uh, a very uh, prominent uh, instrument in the French Creole Caribbean communities. So yes. when you talked about the zouk, you talked about the compa, but there's also other rhythms like quadrille and um, um, dances like heel and toe polka. And a lot of those things include the accordion. So it's very, very strong. So really, I believe that my dad kind of brought that over when we moved to Canada and was like, oh, we're going to keep that tradition going and somebody is going to be playing the accordion. <laughs> and that happened to be me because my brother was not nominated for that. Um, I was nominated to play the accordion. And um, but as I was saying, the accordion a great instrument for people that uh, love the accordion. I have nothing against the accordion. It's just that at the time when I was like eight, it was a little too big for me, really heavy. It was, it was a heavy instrument. Yeah. And it's hard so to that's play really how that though. started. Yeah. And I understand you also play piano, which is, I guess, the larger version of the accordion that you do not have to pick up. That's right. Um, well, actually went, yeah, I did the piano, but went to organ first, right? So you have the pedals and all that stuff. Then the piano, which still, of course still has the pedals. And then after that, I did guitar as well. So, so electric or acoustic? Uh, acoustic. Okay. And then I did a little bit of classical. Okay. So six yeah. string or 12 string? Uh, no, this was six. Okay. Yeah, where I learned to do Stairway to Heaven. 
<laughs> yeah, just just it was still yeah, it was it was interesting because you know you got to spread those fingers apart. But it was accordion. I also did a little bit of a clarinet, but I didn't stay with that too long. The piano, the guitar, and yeah, yeah, that is <laughs> a. The clarinet being thrown in, and I don't know where it fit into the into the conversation of music, that uh, I don't see how that keying and the rest of the keyboard work, other than guitar, possibly. If you look at a clarinet, yeah. turn it sideways and play it, maybe that's a little bit. Maybe of- it was a little lighter. I don't know. <laughs> so my dad was like, okay, we're going to this, but then I didn't really like it. So we ended up doing the piano and then continuing on. Um, and with that, we also, um, I had done the Kiwanis, Ontario Kiwanis um, piano recital okay. thing that they did, uh, you know. Um, and so for that, it was across Ontario. And I think, I, and I got second place for that across Ontario playing piano at the time. So so what got yeah. you into the voice work? What got when you into voice, singing? When did the voice, you know what? It's very interesting. Um, the voice actually came in when, because uh, my brother also played the guitar. And so one day, I remember this clearly, um, one day we were playing the guitar and we had the music book. And one of the songs was actually Tina Turner's Proud Mary. I'm not even just, I'm not making this up. And we were, and I sang it and my uncle went, wow, that's really good. And I think it was right at that moment I was like, oh, I'm actually, I can play the guitar, but I can actually sing something as well. Like I didn't say, oh, I'm a singer on a radio or anything. It was just like, you realize, I realized I had a voice and it was from that song, Proud Mary. Wow. And how topical. I know, right? (laughs) But it really is fact. Amazing. So you found your internal instrument. Right. While you were, while you were learning, playing uh, your external, the guitar instrument. Right. Yeah. So when did it switch? When did you give up the instruments and focus on the internal instrument? Well, by the time I was about 16, so this is what, 10 years worth of, or six, eight years worth of, of all of this stuff. Uh, we ended up moving out of Ontario and we moved to Vancouver. And so all of that, all of those ties kind of broke because now you'd have to find a new person to teach you the next part or whatever. Right. And so, and it was a new city and I had to go back to high school, even though I had graduated because they didn't accept the Ontario thing. So it was a frustrating <laughs> year, very frustrating. So music was not at the top of my list of things to to think about. So it kind of left and I really didn't come back to it until we moved back to Ontario, like about eight or nine months later, we didn't stay there very long. Right. Um, and then when I came back, I didn't get into say the, um, uh, instrument part uh it was more about there was a, a caribbean band that wanted somebody to come and sing along with them and okay. so i that's how i kind of got back in yeah but performance wise performance started when you were 16 performance started when i was 16 yeah so all these things happened just before we moved out of ontario and i and and i was um uh did a uh dance competition because I loved to dance and so I still do um and I danced basically in my room because I couldn't go to the disco I wasn't (laughs) old enough wasn't old enough so I couldn't go but next door at Buffalo they had um it was very heavily influenced at that time with a lot of the funk a lot of the soul uh especially with Rick James and Tina Marie coming out of Buffalo which was right next door so the heavy influence uh in my teenage years and so every night I would listen to this station and basically have a disco in my room (laughs) 
every night. My brother, my mother, and my father, especially over the winter, they'd be watching hockey, and I would be in my room learning a dance move so that I could enter something. And then the opportunity to enter a dance competition, uh, well, it was a, it was a, it's kind of like the competition that they have now on um, uh, with Simon Cowell. What is it? The America's Got Talent? Or? Yeah, that kind of one. So it was a little okay. bit of everything. Right. And so I entered that. I didn't win, but I really had a really great time. It was it was good. Was I also that, entered... Huh? I was going to say, was that before or after your um, beauty pageant that nobody knew about? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. St. Catharines, we got some stuff going on. Um, so when I was about 16, I decided, again, I mean, I decided a lot of things when I was 16. And I think my parents just kind of went, Okay, here she goes again. We don't know what she's going to do next. I mean, I was a good kid, but I was just always wanting to be involved in something that had to do with the art, art form in some way. I sewed, I sewed my own clothes. I did like it was it was I was in I was invested. And um, this particular year it was Miss Teen Niagara pageant. And um I decided I wanted to enter. So I did. And then when they called me and told me that I was in it, I said, oh, by the way, I'm in a pageant. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom's like, oh, you are. I said, yeah, I'm in a pageant and I need to go and get some material because I got to sew my dress. She's like, okay. <laughs> so they basically supported, you know, my little crazy, you know, ideas when I was 16. Um, and it was really nice with that pageant. I won the Miss Congeniality Award. So all the ladies had, um, gave me that award. So that was very, very sweet. Um, I guess I could say that one of our contestants was Miss Linda Evangelista, who went on to superstardom. Yeah. Wow. So you were in the same, you were on the same page the same with Linda Evangelista. Yeah. Just and such a sweet person. I mean, I'd love to connect with her one of these days, but I don't think she'd remember me. But. Oh, sure. She's going to see this. She's going to see this on our TV. <laughs> gonna, oh, there she is. I've been looking for her all the time. Right, right, right. No, it was beautiful. It was really nice. It was, uh, I was very much into whatever art form I could just dive into because I just I just like to be creative so right yeah so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one of your own quotes at you uh, okay. this came from a an interview you did with one of the uh, the British uh, radio stations you said music is your heart so when did music become your heart when did music as opposed to art and creativity yeah when is music your heart music became my heart when I was able to comfortably express myself and write like my very first poem. I still have it that I did when I was about 16, 17. I mean, I think a lot of things just kind of came to me at that time, you know, when you've been building something up and then it all comes together. And I feel like around that time in my life, it was all coming together and I was writing um, a lot of poetry. I wasn't necessarily writing uh, melodies to them yet it was more about freely being able to find the right words find the right rhymes make sure that things were and understanding that oh there's actual structure and you know following through and just learning that process so right. yeah right around around that time because uh, English was one of my best best um um classes in high school so right. I did really, really well in English. So because of that, I kind of started to 
realize, oh, you could actually write. It's kind of like, oh, you can sing. Okay, you can write. And then taking those skills and starting to really build on it. So when did it become professional for you? It became professional for me probably around... Don't say when you when were I was about <laughs> <laughs> When I was 16. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm going to say it was probably around mm, when I was about 26, 27. Right. Because at that point, then I started to um, put the two together, put the music and the lyrics and the right. melodies and actually start to develop melodies because that wasn't something that I was doing really. I mean, I was really just even though you kind of have a melody, but I'm not trying to actually produce a song. Right. Right. So I think it was probably when I was around 26, 27, when I was like, okay, okay, this actually sounds okay. And started to do music, but we really, it was really with the first album um, that was done, which was called Nuka Ule. Okay. Uh, we did the first album and I started to write music on that album. Yeah. So Nuka Ole, that's Creole, right? That's your, right. your Creole album. And in our conversation, you said that the Creole music, the Kampa, the Zouk, wasn't part of your upbringing because you left uh, the Caribbean, uh, Dominica, really early in your life. So yes. when did those influences kick in? Okay, well, what's really interesting is that one thing that I remembered or that stuck with me was that Dominica had a language i knew that but i didn't really know it you know you just kind of know but you don't really know um now there was uh, some songs that were on a, a lp that my dad had from the dominican swinging stars so that was their their the popular group at the time and some of those songs had creole words and i would make sure that i actually spent the time trying to repeat those words and say them, even though I didn't know what they meant, but it didn't matter because for me that created a sense of um, kind of putting together something that I couldn't touch because it was miles away, but I could hold on to it, even if it was just a few words that I didn't know what that meant. Sort of right? a connectivity, right? Yeah, it was, I don't know how to explain it, but it was so important to me. That I that I kept some of that, even though I really, really, honestly didn't know why. I just know that I, for myself, I needed to. Yeah. And then when did that become now the the focus of the music? Like you say, your first album was based in that okay. genre. So yeah. where did yeah. that connection come through? When did you start pulling it in? So what happened is my husband, who's also from Dominica, uh, the Nature Island, because sometimes people get that mixed up with Dominican Republic, but or it's not, it's an act, it's Dominica. And um, he's also from Dominica. And he uh, brought all of that, right? Because he grew up there. He was much, he was like in his thirties and he'd already fluent in the language. So I was just drawn to that because this is what I was missing. Um, and um, lucky for him. And um, <laughs> <laughs> he's lucky he came with something that I could use. <laughs> But uh, but then he he brought all of that and I learned about bands that I'd never heard of that had been around for so many years. And I just started I, I literally learned some songs that that at the time we hadn't written, but songs that I didn't even know. But I memorized them so that I could sing them so that I felt like I was part of them. Right. And then through that, I was able to 
eventually learned to write some of those songs, in, including Masson Jean Bouteille. Uh -huh. So your earlier influences in music, so Anita Baker and Karen Carpenter and Styx and ABBA and yes. Peter Gabriel Genesis, not, yes. not Phil Collins Genesis no. and Sade. Yes. These are musical genres that are, uh, I would say, far and away from the Caribbean music that you, you know, developed your first album. Did you yes. take any of the influences from that music and meld it in? with the work that you were doing in your first album? Or was it just an experimentation process of, I want to see what my culture and my ethnicity has to offer before I start pulling from other places mm -hmm. that are, you know, what I grew up with? Yeah, I think that I probably um, subconsciously brought in some of that delivery. Because one thing is that, I, you know, when you have the French Creole uh, compa and Zouk, you'll find that there is a way that it's delivered, like the language because of the strong, you know, the French. So, you know, this is you know, this how it's going to come out, where I think I, I brought in the North American style. I just sang like myself, like I would if I was a North American singer. Oh, so okay. I think that that was the difference that I definitely brought in to it. Did you bring any funk in? Because I know Don Silva is also one of those uh, characters in your in your in your past, so to speak. Brides yeah. of Funkenstein, uh, yeah. Bunker Walk. Uh, <laughs> did any of Even that? Funky. <laughs> did any of that get its get its um, feel? We one thing I did love was I love the well I brought in I feel like I brought in some of the you know even the Canadian influence with with because I love the rock guitars right so you'll find that within Nukawale which which means we are rolling so that was like the first album so that's like we're rolling we're we're getting started we're watch out here we come um but I love the I love the rock guitars I loved like one of the songs you. It, you'll you'll hear it oh no that's the second album a little bit more when we were developing a little, a little bit more but I, we did bring in some of those influences most definitely we wanted it to have although it had a french creole sound we wanted a north american sound to it as well right and i know i've i've, I've listened actually i listened to um massage dans un bouteille i'm trying to yeah. say it properly but i can't get it out i get message in a bottle out it's easier, not but... bad <laughs> But you got to do it with an English accent, and then yeah, you probably oh, it, got No, it. that's too much. I can't do massage en bouteille. There in, you go. You see, you even did it. There you go. <laughs> and now my tongue is tied in a knot. Um, but I, I listened to it, and I, and I watched you in it, and it's more of me watching you than it was. Uh, the music has a little bit of a feel to it. I can distinguish between the French Creole music because I listen, and that has sort of like a, more of a soul-based uh deep-rooted kind of countrified kind of music to it and i don't mean country as in like the cowboy hat country yeah. but the the creole country feel and flavor to it um i would say it's like sitting down to a banquet meal of 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 seafood and and fresh vegetables and like everybody's involved in it whereas the music that you put forward had more of a it's it's a dance party it's a it's there's there's food but there's also refreshments and you're not going to be sitting at the table having the conversations over a whole bunch of food it's more of get up and it's light and it and it's go so yeah i do see the influences i do and i know i'm doing food analogies that's probably because i'm hungry um, <laughs> <laughs> but but the fact of the matter is is that i usually look at music as being a conversation over a table a lot of music is some music is a subtle one-on-one -on -one conversation over coffee or over a drink. And some music sounds like a group of people at a table having this intimate 
but very lively conversation. And I found that message dans bouteille. Yeah. Did I get that right? No. Sounded more like that. It sounded more like uh, a, a lively kind of engaging conversation where people get up and they come back and they come into the conversation. And it's that kind as opposed to the very engaged, quiet around the table. Yeah. We're only going to be talking. And mm -hmm. That's what I like about it. I like music that's engaging, but also lively. I, that's... Well, I can tell you that Message of Boutaille was actually one of the first ones, songs, that I started the creation of, right? So eventually we built um, Tony Chasseur, who is a huge uh, jazz artist out in um, Martinique, um, mm -hmm. had come to visit um, the city. We were putting on a festival. He came and he we gave him a bunch of songs that we were working on. But that one was actually the first one that I actually, when you hear the keyboard playing in the beginning, is actually me. I actually started it. So, so you're right. Like you can hear that, you know, I really at that point, even though I, w I knew it was never going to be, it was going to be my version of Zook is really right. what I was saying. It yep. was going to be me. And that's what you, you. <laughs> I tried to articulate. I don't know if I got it. <laughs> it was good sounding like I'm describing an Anthony Bourdain meal as opposed to, <laughs> but, but like I say, I listen to your music and I can see and listen to the authenticity of your creativity. It isn't like you're borrowing uh, a cultural norm and just saying, here, I'm going to play some Zouk. I'm going to play some some yep. Kampa and and yep. just see, you know, my voice in it doing yep. doing music, you know, like somebody uh, basically doing a cover of Whitney Houston or doing a cover of Adele. Yep. It you can tell it's a cover and yours is authentic. It doesn't sound like a cover. It doesn't sound like a cultural cover, which is what I would say to a musical genre that if you use it and do that genre, you sure, kind of right, go, right. that's not really you. That's you doing something. Yeah. You know, if you were to do Dvorak and play that on the piano, I'd probably go, that's your version of Dvorak, but it's still Dvorak. Whereas if you took Dvorak and put some Creole in it, put a little Zouk to it, then I would say that's you. I would say that's yeah. Paula Latang because now I'm feeling something different out of the music. I get the music. I know it. I remember it. But mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like it. And it doesn't sound like it in a bad way. It sounds like it in a really interesting, creative way. So but, but you, you are right on because my argument has al is, is always whenever I'm creating anything, I, I never try to be anybody else. Really, I just come in. This is what I want to do. This is how I'm feeling it. Um... I, you know, I'll stay within the genre to a certain degree, but I will move it around based on what I want to project. And if people like that, great. And if you don't, that's okay too. Or maybe like a little bit of it or whatever. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to be doing it to try to appease or anybody to try to fit into some sort of a mold. Right. I just, I can't do it. I don't know how. <laughs> So a question that I've asked others, and I'm going to ask you because you don't seem to have them, are nerves. So in your performance work, do you experience before you get up on stage, before you get up to a production area, do you feel nerves? Do you get the butterflies in your stomach? And if you do, what do you do about them? What do you, what do you, or are you one of these people that just goes, I'm going on live, drop the mic, this. I'm going. Um, I am, if I'm with the band, if I am with a group of people and I'm, I, I don't, I'm, I'm good. I find my space and whatever. If I'm by myself, I really do feel that I have a lot of people with their eyes on me and 
um, if I, as long as I can't see you, like if the lights are enough in my face that I can't see you, then I don't worry about it as much. But if I can actually see, like if it's an intimate setting and, you know, I can see you, you can see me, then, then I feel like it's really important what I deliver. So, right. so that's, a, that's a pressure. I, I don't know if I get nervous as much but i think i do need to get over that little hump like first song or two do you have a persona that you drag in with you that you throw on like a like a cape for a while just to yeah. embolden yourself to step forward and then once you've got yourself in the groove you can say okay i can take off the, yeah. the james no. brown cape <laughs> i need one thank you for this idea i need one because i don't have one so <laughs> now I'm going to have one. I'm going to get the outfit made, the suit, everything. Just a James Brown cape. You come out with a James Brown <laughs> cape. You go. got the persona. I feel good. And once you're in there, you just yeah. throw the cape off or hand it off to somebody and you continue on. But I also think that as you, well, for me anyways, as I get older, I'm, I feel less bothered or in, or fearful because you're just like, you kind of grow into yourself. Right. And you're okay. You know, like I think about it from when I was younger to now, I would not be responding the same way <laughs> because I've done a, in, stuff and I, and I feel good about that stuff. And I'm, I don't feel that. Yeah. I think I just feel the confidence that I, I'm, I'm okay. And well, you know, you. they're going to sing along or they're going to, not or they're gonna they don't care because maybe it's a bad day and whatever your throat is whatever they don't care they're really here to be with you and to support you yeah so if you've got your support what what why are you afraid they're well, there for you they're there for you unless you know there's somebody isn't and they're gonna throw an egg at you or something <laughs> but but i think for the most part they're there for you so you're okay so the pressures of performing appropriately for the people that are there for you that's gone away now now it's just i'm going to perform and if you like it good if you don't like it meh. well i mean you still want to do a good performance and you want them to like it i mean i don't think i wouldn't care <laughs> you know i don't think i would not care i think i would care but i, I and and i'd probably want to know because okay what was it that maybe i could do better next time or change or not depending because that might just be how i feel right, right. Yeah. So that would then step into the idea about fans. Do you like feedback from your fans? Do you do you let them write to you and say, dear Paula, I really love the show. But, you know, yeah, there's this little, you know, when you were on the keyboard there for a few minutes, there was that little note slip and maybe you could work a little on your keyboard or on your on your accordion work or, <laughs> you know, do you want that kind of feedback or do you engage with your fans only at a level of, you know, thank you for coming. Really appreciate your support and leave it at that. What's how deep so all those other ones? I block them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, you know what? I'm open to whatever, because I also realize that people hear things differently. Right. So everybody's hearing something um, based on maybe how they're feeling at the moment or whatever's going through their mind. So I can respect that. So I take it in but i don't necessarily um beat myself up about it i i yeah because you know maybe that person's just having a bad day or maybe i was having a bad day so i don't want to yeah i don't want to i don't want to beat myself up that's good that's good now 
I've said it before, I'll say it again, you are, you have an evolution to your genius, okay? You've, you started out, as I said, with the Creole base, and you were working with that, and then you moved through uh, Sunshine and Too Hot and Bring It Back Around and I'll Be Lying. And I mean, you got hits in the UK with these. These are not Creole. They're an entirely different genre, the style, the look, the feel, the sound. And I know you were starting a new album, that had some of those songs in it, but in our conversation, yeah, said something about that's going to get parked for a little while. You may come back to visit that, but you are evolving. Your evolution has changed and you're moving in a new direction. I am. What's the new direction for you? The new direction is I, I'm definitely leaning a lot more to kind of a pop or more of a pop sound so for instance um the song um lover for life has a bit of a reggae pop vibe to it right. this particular one has a little bit of a pop soul to it so i'm kind of moving into the direction and i'm sure it's it's a lot influenced but what by what i'm hearing on mainstream right oh. now right so also artists like silk sonic who brought back a lot of the, well, within their their album, brought back a lot of the retro style. Um, I'm kind of digging into that a little bit. Um, the first the first part of the music from Sunshine to Too Hot to all of those songs, they were kind of experimental for me, kind of what, what do I want? Like, it was a little bit of everything. Like, the styles, as you know, as you can hear, they're not the same. Yeah. They are varied a lot a, a similar in some way but very varied and it was me just trying to um test vocals test melodies test um where i thought that i fit and so i feel like right now i'm fitting into uh before i change my mind i need to get it done i <laughs> 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 change my mind again i'll be like oh i'll leave that one on the on the floor opera singing uh, opera singing <laughs> Right. I'll be, exactly. I'll start <laughs> doing that instead. But I think that what I, I'm I'm hoping to get it done within the year, actually, because I've already done the two and I'm actually starting work on the third one and okay. plan to have the fourth one done by the end of the year. And then it'll just be an EP of four songs. Oh, okay. So I, I, I do have a strong goal this time to really stick to that idea and and finish that and complete it. Yeah. Okay. So. I think actually you should, after this, look at a compa zook opera. I think you should go? <laughs> go. Go with an opera. I think you should go in the direction of do, developing something like that based on possibly some um, Dominica uh, mythology, something from there, and develop something mm. up. And you never know. You, you, the That's Canada very interesting, though. I don't know if there's a zook opera. No, there isn't. Oh, there That's isn't. I'm, I'm, there isn't. That's why I'm hitting oh. you up for it. I'm giving you the idea for something that I think <laughs> oh. you could grasp, sink your teeth yeah. into. Because you, going through your music that I have witnessed and seeing some of the previous stuff that you've done, I know you have the creative chops to throw this together. And I know you've got some connections as well to throw this together. So yeah. I would love to see that. That's me oh, putting a bug this a in challenge? There. Is this a challenge? Still? It's a challenge. <laughs> 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 next year at this time right we're going to be talking, about, be talking about my zook opera and it's going to be on broadway yeah well it's got to try it's got to go through you've got to do it as a film as well because it's got to go to the toronto <laughs> film festival got to go to tiff that's right? right i mean that's, come on right. the world is my oyster <laughs> you can start you can have a cameo of linda evangelista and bring that oh, right 
thing together all around. Big right. circle of life. I love it. I love it. That's so funny. You never know, though. You never know. Never say never. I'm, I'm starting to do some soulful house music, which is something that I haven't really done. And actually, I had a gentleman just send me some music last night. And he's like, I'd really love if you could work on this. And I listened to it today over and over and over and over again, just so that I could get used to it to see if I liked it. And I, I feel like I'm going to do something. And that will be on this thing I'm, that four, I need to finish. Four, yeah. four record it's probably going to now go five because yeah. this was brand new, but I want to add it. I think, yeah. Well, you have to you have to give me the initial, the demo, the piece just before you release everything because I want to hear all this. Absolutely, Absolutely. want to hear all this. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt, I will. I promise you. So the last question I've got for you, and this is the okay. one, this is the big, the big Apple one. It's about in the movie Citizen Kane, right? Mm. He, as he's passing away, he says Rosebud. And nobody knows what that is. And what it is, it's a defining moment in his life. It's a thing. It was mm. his sleigh mm -hmm. that made him who he was through his entire life. Yeah. And in our conversation, you also have a defining thing. It's a it's a book, a series of books. Yes. That makes right. you who you are. And I, eager. Yeah, it's it's what drives your creativity. It's what makes this everything is possible. There's no impossibilities. Yeah. So tell me the about coin, it. the coin. Yes. It's the, the magic coin. The magic coin. And with that coin, you could do anything. You could go anywhere. You could be, well, you couldn't necessarily be anybody, but you could take your take where you were to a whole other level imagination and just be creative within it and i think that it was it, it was from reading that book that really just opened up the door for me to say you can do this and you can do that and this can happen and it's all it, while it was imaginary but the idea that i could make the that that was the imaginary reality real that was real. That book really changed me. I love that book. I've read it more than once. I've read it uh, recently. I just keep reading it because it was just so well written for me anyways. I mean, it's a kid's book now, yeah. but the message is still there that you can be creative. You can, you can feel, oh, I don't even know. It's hard to express, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's hard to express. You can be yourself. You can, be creative without fear. Yeah, you can be yourself, be a creative self without the fear of judgment or the fear of repercussion because whatever you want to be isn't wrong because you want to be it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I haven't even read the book. I haven't read it. <laughs> you need to read the book. Now, now you need to go and get the book. I but need to. I, but it's the thing that has allowed me to keep, do all of these different styles and things because I don't. I feel like I can do them and I don't have to feel like I can't. So right? that's like, the name of your EP, the magic coin. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and people are like, what's that? Well, have I got a story for you? Yeah. Or you could call it the magic disc since it's an EP and people go, what's a disc? Because they don't make those anymore, but you could call right. it that. Why not? <laughs> yeah. That's a great idea, but it's, it's exactly that. That book was and I and I think I read that probably when I was about eight or nine, eight or nine. And and through that, I started writing, actually. My mother, I had written a book and I lent it to my friend and my mom got mad at me because the friend lost it. But my mother doesn't. I, I don't know if she really lost it. I think she was just upset because she wasn't a writer and she really liked the story. And then she never gave it back. 
Maybe she liked it so much she kept it and she became Linda Evangelista. Because <laughs> the book inspired her. All right. Right. Because <laughs> she could be anything she wanted to be. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's absolutely fabulous. Um, Paula, um, I guess we're going to move to the music now oh, here. Yeah is Paula Tang with DJ Spin That Song Again. Get up off your chair and enjoy Paula Latang.
Well, so I hope you guys like that song. It just takes us back to yesteryear. Um, you know, that song was influenced by, again, the Buffalo, um, living close to Buffalo, the, the, the music at the time. And, and also when, you, when I was, you know, in my 20s and uh, in the 20s, going to the clubs and just feeling free. Again, this whole idea of being free to be. And that's the idea behind the song. Those songs yeah. allowed that. It says it. It says it really well. It has a sort of a flavor, uh, a subtle flavor of Parliament in there. Not not a not a driven flavor. Not that whole funkadelic component. But it does have that feel. It does have that movement. You can't sit in the chair and just listen. And go. Oh, that's nice. Your butt starts <laughs> moving right. when you listen to it. I'm sorry. I have to say it. It does. I mean, not mine did when I was listening. I was sort of bouncing around on the chair. But yeah. you know, I'm old, so <laughs> I don't want to break anything. So, Paula, I want to thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, I'm looking forward to your next endeavors. I'm looking forward to the EP, the, the magic uh, disc or coin, yeah. however you want yeah. to label it. I'm and the hoping. Zoo opera. Yeah, I'm hoping for the Zoo Opera. I'm absolutely hoping for it. Uh, possibly another chart topping single. Who knows? Or maybe even a movie cameo. More than just your voice as a radio DJ. You just <laughs> never know. I do want to say a big thank you to you so much and to Easy uh, Jazz FM for having me. I truly, truly appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I look forward to bringing more music to the station and hopefully you'll like it. Well, absolutely love it, Paula. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. This has been another episode of Easy Jazz Spotlight. Don't forget to check out our music at easyjazz.fm.